the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Last week was a glorious week on Wall Street, eliminating many of the gains from the first six weeks of the year. Not eliminating, cutting into. NASDAQ was down 11.1% for the year, but it had been down as much as 20%. It regained 6% in a week. So down 11% for the year, the S&P 500 down 6.3%. Excuse me, it was the S&P that gained 6% last week. The NASDAQ was slightly less. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 4.3% for the year. The 10-year Treasury sits at about 2.2%. That's a bit of a shock for me. That's the cost of money um, from the government to the first bank. And then it's going to be passed around like all good loans are. And everyone's going to mark it up a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, and then it's going to get your hands. So the Fed is, well, that's not exactly where the 10-year treasury, I made a mistake. The lending rate by the Fed is the lower rate. The 10-year treasury is what we're predicting 10 years out based kind of on, sometimes on inflationary issues. And as it moves towards three and a half, three percent 3%, it's a more normalized economy that's standing on its own. It's not getting Trump or Biden support. It's profits that are driving the economy. So we have a lot going on. Um, not the greatest year for stocks, but you can see how in one week, and you want to sing the song, fight your way back, you can't be market timing. Um, I average in on a regular basis. I average in faster when the markets are down 10%. I average in much faster when the markets are down 20%. So I've put some money to work in the last three months that I was kind of waiting to do over a year. Let's hit some of the headline news, shall we? Here's a crazy one that I really want to talk about. Fertilizer prices are at a record high because the raw materials of ammonia, nitrogen, nitrates, phosphates, potash, and sulfates are at a record high. They're up 30% this year. Russia and Ukraine are amongst the most important producers of agricultural commodities in the world. And they export supplies for global food stuff, including fertilizer. So as the price of fertilizer goes higher, guess what? We're going to be talking about feeding the world. And when you feed the world, you're going to get Bono out there going, we are the world. We are the people. So we're going to start seeing that people go hungry because what's going on in Russia and Belarus and the Ukraine and maybe Poland and how big does this get? So I don't think we're out of the woods in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I would say we're still, we don't know what Putin's going to do. And that's my political analysis. It's not much more complicated than that. If you want a good political analyst that goes the way you like to have the wind blow, you can find it either at Fox or MSNBC or CNN. I get it. I'm more of a BBC kind of person. And you're saying, oh, they're the worst. They're socialist. I'm like, really? Socialist? Am I a socialist? Like, I don't even know what I'm saying here. So let's move on. 
but we're looking at much higher food prices in the next year, much higher rent prices the next year, much higher prices in the next year. As you've seen gasoline go higher, it means oil's gone higher. As oil's gone higher, it costs more money to run a factory. As oil's gone higher, it costs more money to put it uh, a car in a boat and sh- send it to you. It's all integrated and it ain't good. So yesterday in the day, the NASDAQ was down a little bit after having a big week the week before. The S&P 500 was down just a skosh. It fought its way back to almost down nothing. But we, we were in a sell mode yesterday. We were in a risk on mode yesterday. Because again, what the hell is going to happen in Russia or the Ukraine? What's, I guess it's in Ukraine, right? President Biden warned that Russia was exploring options for potentially launching a cyber attack as well as maybe a nuclear attack, as well as maybe a biological weapons attack. Russia got in the news yesterday and like, hey, America, you're not so clean either. You, United States of America, you've dropped bombs on orphanages too. And we do have a history of making critical mistakes or was it a critical mistake as he's trying to say. It's very interesting the way this is played out. It seems like we're all just slugging each other pretty hard right now. A new poll yesterday asked Americans about realistic portrayals of politics on TV. 41% said House of Cards was somewhat realistic. 27% said the same about Veep. If you've ever seen Veep, it's a comedy. If you've ever seen House of Cards, it's a ridiculous soap opera drama. 51% of people polled thought the West Wing was pretty accurate, <laughs> which again tells you, what? Wait, what? This is, this is what America thinks. Not good. Stocks tumbled yesterday after Fed Chairman Jerome Powell reminded everyone that inflation is much too high and that he's going to combat it. And if he has to raise his rates twice, he will. But he said the same thing a week before in Wall Street. It was like, oh, okay. But a week later, it was more problematic. Today, it's not so problematic. It's just a weird time we're living in right now. Apple yesterday was hit with a temporary outage. Services including iMessage, App Store, Apple Music, and Maps experienced outages. First thing I thought about was Biden warned us about a cyber attack. What better way than to take America down than to dismantle our phones because we're spending four hours a day. Five years ago, we were spending 15 minutes a day. We're getting more and more hunched over looking at our screens. That would be a way to get us off our game. President Joe Biden warned of evolving intelligence in Russia. Criminals are staging a new kind of kidnapping. I brought this up in the first hour of the show where you get a bizarre nighttime nightmare kind of call that says, don't talk to your wife, don't hang up the phone, just like you've seen in the movies. You get your kid who's in college screaming in the background and you're afraid to hang up the phone because he's threatened to kill her. You can't tell your wife because he's threatened to kill her. You immediately get in your car. Your wife starts calling you panic. Like, why did you leave in the middle of the night? This is really happening now. And it's just, wow. Amazon's been fined $60,000 for willfully violating safety rules at a warehouse. It's the most serious workplace safety violation in the commerce giant's history. And it's the fourth in the past year. Amazon's very high pace of work is injuring workers. So it says a new lawsuit. What's interesting about Amazon, and I'll go one step further, also Starbucks, is they've both seen their CEOs leave the company. Jeff Bezos is now just on the board. He's left day-to-day operations to Andrew Jassy. And Starbucks has lost their, I think he was a Microsoft executive back in the day. 
and they brought back Howard Schultz. Do you know what Starbucks and Amazon both have in common right now? They're facing a labor issue where the labor wants to unionize. If I were a betting man, um, I think that's why the CEOs left. They don't want to deal with that mess. They'd rather be innovators and thinkers per se and not deal with governors and politicians. I 100% think Mark Zuckerberg changed the name of Facebook to Meta so he could be the CEO of Meta and get away from Facebook because Facebook's going to be in court a lot. They're going to be in front of Congress a lot, and he doesn't want to do it anymore. Kind of an interesting story out of Elon Musk. Starlink satellites are helping Ukraine's drone unit destroy Russian tanks. So that Starlink internet system is getting headline news. I'm like, that Elon Musk really knows how to get headlines. Global shares have shaken off the initial hit from the hawkish pal in their rally in today. Earnings out today from Adobe Carnival and Philo Mining. Tech stocks seem to be rebounding right now, but do we have enough of a snapback or rally to be inclusive of financials and tech stocks and small caps to really to hold? The breadth of the market has to be better if we're going to say we've stopped going down. We're not there yet. We're watching. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. An odd thing to say out loud. I remember when I first learned what a cola was. Not a soft drink, but a cost of living adjustment for social security. And I was like, oh, so people who get social security are going to get a little bit more money due to a cost of living adjustment. And I think growing up, I had a fear of... The only old person I really ever saw was my grandmother. My father was an orphan. Never saw his parents ever. And my mother's parents, my dad died in a war and my, she was raised by my grandmother, but I was born late in my mother's life. So my grandmother was already basically senile by the time I was six or seven. So I don't think I really ever had grandparents, but I remember visiting her on her home farm. My mom was raised on a farm, which is a funny thought. I haven't said in many, 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 many years. I remember the two very small homes. um, That was one was meant for like two sisters, like two sisters lived it across like 20 yards from each other. Um, Which I think is kind of funny, but I remember the poverty of it and the low quality of the home. I was like, I don't want to be that. That's one of my motivators. Again, I can be surrounded by people I love, but I don't want to live in a lifestyle that's like, yeah, I'm just going to sit in my rocking chair on my porch all day and look at the neighbors and watch the grass grow. Um, I kind of want to live in retirement. I, like Later in life, I saw Henry Fonda on Golden Pond, which there's a great, great, um, the porn industry has a great way of renaming porns. Uh, movies, popular movies into porns. And you're like, oh my, like, I didn't need to know that one. Let's just say it had the name Goldie Hawn instead of Golden Pond. So on Golden Pond, I saw a wealthy white guy, basically him and his wife settled down and 
go to Massachusetts and get on a pond and watch the sunset and remember how much they loved each other. It's something like that, but it was really kind of the sunset of their life and they're getting ready to die. I'm like, that's a good way to die. I don't want to be on a porch. I want to be on a pond. And I started learning about colas and social security. I remember I was about 17, 18 years old. And I started learning. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in the position of that. So this show is dedicated to create enough wealth from age 20 to 60. So that when you turn 60, you can live from 60 to hundred. And from your 60s, to 70s, you're visiting your kids and, and living a good life that you didn't get to do while you were raising your kids. Uh, one of my wife's friends said to her the other day, she's like, you need to leave home more. You need to leave these kids at home so I can get some life lessons. You need to go. And she's like, one has kids, one doesn't. She goes, all I do is work for my kids. Like, I get it. Um, so COLA, we learned last year, was going to jump big for Social Security this year, around 6%. And then later, we see the consumer prices have jumped at 7 to 8%. And... Producer prices are jumping at 10%. So we could expect more trickle down from the producer to the consumer. So it's going to be a year of inflation. You know, they say year of the dog. It's going to win an Academy Award. This would be the year of the inflation, which I would refer to as the flea. It's annoying. The people it hurts the most are retirees, in my opinion, because he thought X was going to be enough. And then now it's X plus 7%. And whoops. You've heard CFP Chad Burton on the show say numerous times, I don't like retirement calculators online because they, they don't understand how to program inflation into retirement calculators well. Software planning for estate planners and financial planners is pretty robust and it's pretty expensive. And it creates scenarios of high inflation environments and low inflation environments. And you pulling your money out during a high versus a low and how fast are you going to deplete your money or how well it's going to last longer. It's more complicated than you imagine. But that's where I, they got me to be afraid was when I was 18, I learned what a COLA was, cost of living adjustment. And I grew up seeing a poor grandmother, low income, um, farm, whatever term you want to use, I get it. So that's the purpose of the show. Now let's talk about some of the news. I own shares of Nike. I talk about Nike on this show as a good long-term name that may not be up your alley. You may look at it as their horrible corporate evil empire like Microsoft. They're ruining companies like Skechers and companies that make comfortable shoes. It's Allbirds, a shoe company. Um, Some of the specific smaller companies, just they can't compete with Nike because Nike can get cheaper materials and cheaper labor because they get it in bulk. And they, they have international operations. So when you see made in Japan and made in China and made in Thailand, it's what it should be saying is lower cost labor than the United States. Made somewhere where it's cheaper to hire people. Nike sees signs of recovery in China, which could be a good omen for other retailers. So I own shares of Nike. This is positive in my mind in the short term, but I don't care about the short term. But we do kind of, China's an interesting position right now because on one level, they look at the United States and they don't like how we've kind of dominated the global economic scene. They don't think it's fair, maybe. And they see Russia having a problem with the world. They're like, hey, we'll support Russia. We'll, we'll figure out 
you need something that America gives you, Russia, we'll do it for you. And I'd say that China's been very opportunistic from the headlines. I don't know if that's realistic to talk about, but it, it, it bodes that direction. Nike shares report numbers last night and said business in China is improving in spite of recent backlash against Western brands and a shortage of merchandise in the marketplace. Nike, at least for now, is handling the broader microeconomic challenges, including the ongoing supply chain backlogs. So this is what that sounds like to most people. Blah, 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 Nike. Blah, 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 Nike. Nike shares are down 22% this year. Um, Just on the line, Nike shares are down 22%. I'm going to look at my holdings. I'm going to say, okay, if Nike is supposed to be a 6% holding for me or a 4% holding for me, where am I at today? Because I see 22% off as a sale. I see it as, let's take a look at last 10, 20, 30 years on Nike. And you don't see anything negative in it. You don't see 9-11. You don't see the United States invading Iraq. You don't see Russia going after Chechnya. You don't see Trump and China escalating trade wars. You just see the stock moving higher when you're that far away. When you're in the close, you can kind of see that 22% down this year. And like, oh, maybe I should pick up some of that. So I'm not telling you what to do. Nike said sales in China fell 8% year over year. I would say look at your portfolio always on a regular basis and figure out what you need. Don't go out and buy the hot stock or the sexy stock or the one that was mentioned on air. Figure out what you need in your portfolio. And I would recommend X funds over individual stocks for 95% of the audience. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm a little bit freaked out by the headlines. And the headlines that are hitting me don't hit you as much like I see fertilizer prices at record highs, and I know what that means. And you can buy companies that make fertilizers, and I highly recommend you consider it. You can buy companies like John Deere or Caterpillar that, you know, as farmers raise prices, they're going to probably want to buy more equipment to get the, the goods out of the ground more efficiently. Through the years, companies like John Deere and Caterpillar have, you know, put GPS in their tractors and you don't have to have a human. They can automate them so they can drive on their own in the fields. You can program it that way. And yeah, I see winners and losers. I, I think inflation is not necessarily all evil. Wage inflation is great, but only to a point. I like my favorite story on inflation is Goldilocks and the three bears meet inflation. It wasn't that the price of corn was too high. It wasn't the price of corn was too low. It was the price of corn was just right. And slowly it gets expensive over time. You don't want it too hot or too cold. You kind of want it moderate, uh, in my opinion. But inflation creates a lot of negatives from consumer purchasing power. But from the, the producers, I think Caterpillar can go higher because the world's going to say, you know what? Farming's getting more difficult. Conditions are getting tougher with a drier planet. And we're making more money on good-looking tomatoes. So let's get some tractors so we can get more good-looking tomatoes. I own shares of Caterpillar for that reason. Um, I also own shares of Caterpillar because it's not tech stock. I also own shares of Caterpillar because down the road, we're going to need roads, we need bridges, and we're going to need farms. And they're in the business of making equipment that can create those things. 
right? Um, but again, very boring stock, but I like the trend. And short term, I think we can get a little sex appeal based on inflation in the end markets that they sell into. But I told you I'm a little freaked out. And even though inflation has mostly losers, in my opinion, it does create some winners. Inflation in the food chain, you know, um, <clears throat> as food costs become more expensive, I think McDonald's is a winner. And I, I think that sucks talking out loud and it stinks and it makes me feel like a horrible human being. But <clears throat> I saw a couple years ago, a $50 steak on a menu. And I was like, what? I know you're saying you're trash, Rob. I've seen $50 steaks my whole life. I know I haven't. Um, my family went to Sizzler when we were in the uh, high school and we loved it. I saw a $50 steak at a restaurant. And then recently I saw a $50 steak in the grocery store. $50 a pound is a lot. So when I see that, I, I start to panic a little bit, but you know where I don't panic is my 401k. Three months ago, middle of December, we're about to celebrate Christmas. The market's at an all-time high. I'm like on the air. I'm like, hey, everyone, welcome into Rob Black and your money. We've hit our 70th high of the year. Three months later, we're 10% lower in the NASDAQ, 5 to 6% lower in the S&P 500. I'm okay with that. I like where I'm on a two-year basis, a three-year basis, a five-year basis, 10-year basis. I hate where I'm at on a two and a half month basis. And do I feel a little sense of panic seeing inflation and seeing words like nuclear war and biological weapons? Sure. That gets me a little anxiety. But now is not the time to panic with your 401k or 403b. If you're in retirement, you should have a plan. You should be talking with your financial planner about how things changed in 2022. Where at the end of 2021, the Fed got it wrong. They said transitory inflation. Um, that all that stimulus from Trump and Biden has caused a short-term demand because we're cash rich. Even though we weren't working in jobs, we were getting government assistance. And many people were saving that. And COVID was starting to go on the wane. They're like, we're all going on vacation. Come on. So that's out there as far as inflation goes, but it's not a good time to panic when it comes to your 401k or 403b. I like buying it five to 10% down. Last year, when I said the markets are at a 70, uh, 70 times and the SP 500 highs, let's say it's, let's say there's 50 Fridays in a year. I know there's more than that, <laughs> or maybe there's not more than that. I don't know. 52 weeks. Does it always equal 50 more? I don't know. Now I'm confusing myself. But the point being is if the markets hit all-time highs every Friday during 2021 and the company that employs me, whether it be Salem or EP, has a 401k that buys on Friday because it's the payday, then I was buying at all-time highs 50 times in 2021. Now, this weekend, do you want to see the Batman for $10 or do you want to see a matinee for $6? I recommend a matinee and then going to dinner instead of going to dinner and then a movie. I know you're saying you're that cheap, Rob. I am that pragmatic. Um, so what I love is the market off their highs. 
when the Dow was at 10,000 and it, you know, the Dow goes to 20,000, 30,000. I remember at 10,000, I was like, yeah, I kind of just, the Dow would go to 11,000. 20 years ago, I'm like, wow, I wish I would have bought more then. 19 years ago, I wish I would have bought more. 18 years ago, I wish I would have bought more. 17 years ago, I wish I would have bought more. The only time I wish I didn't buy more is in the last two and a half months. In hindsight, do you see where I'm getting at? So don't panic. If you're a panicky type person, get help. 401k plans and other retirement investors, the first instinct is to try to move to safer assets. What you do is uh-uh, you rebalance on a regular basis. I told you that every year, uh, twice a year, I get in my 401k or my 403b and I, I look at it and I go, oh, my large cap has grown from 20% to 25%. And my small cap has had a tough year or my international has had a tough year. It's gone from 10% to five. So what I do is I sell 5% of my large cap and I buy 5% of my small cap or 5% of my, whatever I need it, whatever underperformed. It's interesting because stocks, you do the exact opposite. You go, wait, I have a company that lost money. Screw that. I'm not buying Intel anymore. I'm buying NVIDIA. I have NVIDIA and Intel. One's outperformed, one's underperformed. I'm not going to reward the underperformer because I'm not a value investor. You got to kind of know what you are, right? So one of my favorite, and this is a weird thing to say, my favorite economist from 20 years ago is a guy named Ian Shepardson. I followed him my whole career. He's chief economist and founder of research at Pantheon Microeconomics. He's predicting a dramatic fall in the pace of home sales this year. I've made money with his calls. I'm not saying this is going to be one of them. I'm saying, let's share the information together. He projected that existing home sales will drop roughly 25% from the annual pace of 6.02 million set in February to a rate of 4.5 million by the end of summer. The housing market is in the early stages of substantial downshift in activity, which will trigger a steep decline in rate of increases of home prices starting perhaps as soon as the spring. Ian Shepardson wrote in research, as evidence of this expected slowdown in home sales, he's pointed to the mortgage demand recently, that the number of applications for loans used to purchase homes is down more than 8% compared to a year ago. Demand for refinancing has dropped 50% versus a year ago, and the stock market is off 5 to 15%, depending on what where your stocks are housed. I bought a home last year with, stock, with appreciation in stock. Now, I sold a home that appreciated which I still think is surreal. In 12 years, it went from 920,000 to $2.65 million. I never dreamed that scenario. Stoked, didn't dream it. But I used the time in between selling a house. I bought a house 45 days earlier with stocks that it appreciated that are now lower than they were a year ago. So I sold high. And I bought a real estate that ultimately has also gone higher. Now I sold a piece of real estate that was technically a negative, but I had to manage my cash flow. Again, technically I got negative on the short term. Now, would I be able to do what I did last year, this year? And the answer is probably not. It's not as smooth of a transition because I got a mortgage as well last year at two and a half percent. That's now at three and a half, four percent. So I want to be able to afford that cheap money quite as easily. 
Shepherdson's calculations show that the rise in mortgage rates since September has increased the cost of a monthly mortgage payment by more than 400 bucks or 27%. 27% is big. If your income's gone up 27%, you're like, ah, that's nothing but a thing. But your income probably hasn't gone up 27%. And yet the cost of a mortgage has gone up 27%. On a monthly payment, that's a lot of money. Affordability is the top of mind for home buyers. Now, again, it wasn't for me last year because I sold stock that had done super well. I just went with it. My income didn't go up 27% last year. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm kind of with Shepherdson. A lot of things are aligning for the top to have been put in. Now, again, it never plays out like that. It'll take another year, 18 months. There'll be a, a Chinese nationalist who buys real estate next to me. There'll be someone whose parents die and they inherited a lot of money and they buy a house. But it ain't coming from incomes in America right now. It's coming from other assets other than your ability to earn income. And I kind of agree with Shepardson. It's going to be a very interesting year. And I, uh, we could see a downshift in home sales, which could increase, increase inventory, which could mean lower rent prices in about two years. Eh. No instant gratification for you. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Every now and then I try to show you how I operate. I've created wealth in my lifetime. I did it coming out of a military family, which the only expectation our family had on us was solid grades. We had an interesting family. We were very competitive with each other. Uh, five boys and then one girl, but the five boys came in a row. And I'd say my oldest brother was a bit of a hippie, so he doesn't really count. So the other four of us, we competed on SAT scores. We competed on you know, athletics. We competed everywhere and we pushed each other. I bring this up in large part on the angle of um, retirement issues and getting ahead and getting to the number that you want to get to. Um, Some of the triple threats in the world, you have to earn income, you have to invest and you have to save. I think we're all, some of us are better than others. If that makes any sense at saving I've got a friend who's a financial planner who doesn't understand that credit cards create points and those points can be used for vacations and they can be used for cheap gasoline. They can be used for a lot of things. And he's like, it's just not my thing. So he's not much of a saver. I save at least two to 5% on everything I purchase because I try to purchase it through a credit card that gives me two to 5% off on everything that I purchase. What's unfair about that is the lower income in the world that hasn't created wealth or the middle class who's living paycheck to paycheck, like too many Americans are, they may not be saving two to 5% on everything. I have no shame. I'm like 2% off is 2% off. I said on the air last week that I won't run my dryer from three o'clock to nine o'clock because that's the time that it's most expensive in California. And I'll literally turn it off if my spouse turns it on. Uh, like, I'll come back at nine. And I'm like, dishwasher, I'll come back. 
I go as far as cleaning the coils on my refrigerator because some things you leave plugged in 24, seven, three, six, five. And I just want it to be as efficient as possible. I believe in a little preventative maintenance. How wackadoodle am I, right? Today, the markets are having a good day. Tomorrow, they could have a bad day. A lot's going off the headline risk. The biggest headline risk right now, I think, is Russia using a nuclear weapon, Russia using a chemical weapon. And the odds of that happening, the longer the situation goes on, it seems the more likely it could. So there could be some headline risk coming very, very soon. Because as this war hasn't worked out for Putin, as it's stalled, he's gotten more aggressive going after schools, going after movie theaters where civilians are. And in the recent week, he's now started using boats to do his bombing, gunships, rather than soldiers because the soldiers thing wasn't working out. So he went with more missiles. Missiles are expensive. Now he's going to go with, with boats. Like, not good. There's some headline risk here that's unacceptable. L.A. County, America's largest in America, sees the highest gas prices hit record highs. This is a negative, again, for low-income, middle-class people who are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, It hits the average person a lot harder than it hits me. Because I'm sitting there doing weird little calculations in my head, um, using my solar to efficiently charge my vehicle, using my simple algorithm to use energy at the cheapest cost of the day. I once said on air, and I think this is still funny because people believe that, and maybe it's true and maybe it's not. But when my neighbor goes on vacation, I, I hook the very long hose up and I, I use his water. And he goes, I don't know why my water bill is so high. He calls me for vacation. He's like, hey, can you go check to see if my sprinklers are on? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're, I think he might have a leak and I'm watering my yard with his sprinklers. But that's who it hurts the most, people living paycheck to paycheck. So LA County sees a new record in average gas prices. Oil is above $100 a barrel. We are on the precipice of nuclear or potentially chemical. And that makes me nervous. But with that said, this too shall pass. We've seen Gulf War One. We've seen Gulf War Two. We've seen Russia against Chechnya, Russia against Georgia. We've seen Russia um, and the Uzbeks. We've seen Russia be aggressive with their broken up Iron Curtain for 25 years. This one's a little bit more dramatic and it's lasting a lot longer. And the deaths are much higher due to a miscalculation, apparently. But LA County now sees gas that is a buck 25 higher than a month ago and $2.08 higher than a year ago. California has the highest fuel prices in the country, partially due to higher taxes due for environmental concerns. Working on a proposal in California right now with rising gas prices and provides funding to a public transit so that people can try to get some direct relief. So says Newsom. I don't think that's going to be enough. Hey, if gasoline prices are hurting you at the pump and you can't get to work, maybe we'll uh, cut the cost of buses and, and ferries. Eh. California is also talking about providing a $200 payment for taxpayers and dependents and households earning less than 250000 that would mean around 90% of taxpayers would receive a check costing the state about $6.8 billion, which is interesting because we did have a surplus last year. And if you're going to try to help, maybe you do it after a surplus. I don't know. 
In theory, Newsom's plans to continue advancing his earlier idea of suspending a July increase in California's gas excise tax is proving to be a long shot as Democrats and Republicans don't get along well. I know you're saying, tell me something I don't know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Want to drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Stocks are higher a day after Fed Chairman Powell yesterday spooked the markets by saying, hey, inflation's out of control and we're going to fight it. It's the same thing he said uh, seven days ago. But one week later, it caused a little bit of panic. Now, there's no headline news on Russia and Ukraine today affecting the markets where it's like, ah, we got the Fed in hand. Tomorrow could change. Long term, I like this opportunity in the market. But again, I believe in history. You may believe in the now. We'll take a break. We'll talk soon. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.